You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Nobody told me it was going to be November. It's November now already. We're it's November. in November. Yeah, this has happened. <laughs> We've already been to SEMA, and we're home. Can't SEMA believe it. was nuts. We've had a live podcast. There's a bit a lot going on, and there's much more going on. We're now in the rush to the end of the year. We were just talking about the fact that we don't have TV starting the beginning of January, and we still have this big rush right here at the end of the year because we are finishing our North trip in edit. You'll be seeing that very soon. We have some other really cool pieces coming out, and we are about to take our South trip, which reminds me we're going to Austin. Yeah, we're going to Austin, and we are setting up a meetup on Friday, the 18th of November, 2022, and that will be at our friend Andrew's place. He is Color Cartel on Instagram, friend of the show, and so we will be there that evening to see anybody who's in the Texas area. If you're near or far, we'd love to see you, and uh, you can find all the details on everydaydriver.com under the Adventures tab. So it's the very first one. It's a South Meetup, and you can register right there. We'd love to see you if you're, like I said, if you're in the area. Yeah, keep in mind, we are doing a, there's a graffiti tour part of it, which is really cool, which is actually before dinner. If you can only be there for dinner, come for just dinner. When you want to wash your car but you're short on time, Griot's has two new ideas for fast and easy washing in your garage or driveway without even having to rinse. Try the rinseless wash and wax kit or the waterless PFM spray-on car wash kit from Griot's Garage. They're both ideal if the weather has gotten colder outside or you're an apartment dweller or if you live in an area where hose and bucket washing is restricted or inconvenient. You can get a perfect wash indoors or out in a quarter of the time it takes to wash a car normally. These kits are a no-hassle way to keep your car looking really sharp. Remember, Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all their liquid products are made right here in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order just for our audience. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Welcome back to the podcast because it's Tuesday. And for this Tuesday, we have many. We'll see how many we get through. <laughs> but we haven't done car conclusions in a while. So boy, are we going to do car conclusions now. Let's jump right in. Craig writes to us. He wrote to us actually about five years ago that we didn't get to. But in that five-year time span, wow. he's had a lot of automotive fun, he writes, and he's landed on the perfect car. Okay. When he wrote to us, he was driving a clapped-out first-generation Prius. <laughs> All right. And, and those, though they were a technological like throwdown, they were not good day one new. I remember when I was working Except at for New the Line. the drum breaks in the rear. That is not a technological throwdown. Well, true. I, well, they still have drums. Anyway, but, but I remember <laughs> that when I was working at New Line, there was one of the executives there that bought a Prius. Like people now buy a Tesla. He was like, I want to be way out front. Cutting remember, edge, early adopter. I remember driving it and being like, this is a brand new car. How much did you pay for this? <laughs> but, you know, the technology has trickled down now and it, and it makes sense. I get it. Well, Craig says that's okay because he had a motorcycle he loved for the weekends and getting his twisty road fix. He had been out of grad school for a few years, and he wanted a fun car again. He's had things like a 1982 Trans Am with a 350 swap and a manual, which okay. was not your 1982 Trans Am. No, I did not. I had the, uh, yeah, I had a, a right, four-cylinder. Right, yours was an 82? Oh, I had an Iron Duke. It was all bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with Goody. all of 90 horsepower. Woo-hoo. Well, he had a proclivity for underpowered things that handled well, like the Mazda Protégé manual that he had before the Prius, 
And his car debate was a breakdown of the usual suspects. Okay. He decided on a GTI, and he was still trying to talk himself into it because it fit his needs, but it didn't stir his emotions. Mm. But none of those usual suspects did, like the GTI or the WRX. And he's kind of bummed because here he was about to get the newest car he had ever bought, and it was going to be fun and manual and good on a back road, but he just wasn't in love. So then there's the curveball. He decided, you know what, I'm, since I don't want to get any of those, and you, and you shouldn't, please, 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 don't do what Craig was considering. Don't be, go buy your first new car, and you're like, oh, I guess that's good enough. Don't do that. You're spending <laughs> a lot of money. It's a new yeah. car. It's, it's yeah. a car that no one's had but you. Don't buy one that you're like, yeah, it, it, it's fine. I mean, you've got to be excited about it from the get-go. You might mm-hmm. find out later you're not interested in it. But that's a different from conversation. the very beginning, you've got to have excitement Absolutely. For so he decided to completely change things, and he went and bought a Jeep Wrangler. Which is exactly like everything else he's looked at. No, it's actually nothing like everything else. But he said cruising around with the doors off in the country, being part of the Jeep community. I'm sure you know you had the little Jeep wave. Anyway, modifying it himself in the Jeep driveway. Wave. There is the Jeep wave. The it Jeep exists. Handshake. Yes. Handshake. You do the whole thing. He, yeah. said he, he used it for off-road parks and camping trips, and it culminated with an epic week-long camping, off-roading, overlanding trip in Moab that he says he will never forget. It was four fantastic years of Jeep ownership, a completely different... Honestly, we joke about the lifestyle thing that happens with a vehicle. This is exactly what happened to Craig. He bought a Jeep, and he went headfirst into the Jeep community, and he had a fantastic four years with it. Yes, I'm glad you did. But Craig says as that was going on, something else happened. His oldest daughter turned 16 years old, and he said goodbye to the motorcycle, used that money to buy her first car, something that she had her eye on since she was little which was a Mini Cooper. Mm. And then a funny thing happened. Without his bike, he started borrowing that Mini every so often, and the more he did, the more he started to wonder if he had checked off everything on his Jeep bucket list. (laughs) It It wasn't worth all the maintenance, he said. It was starting to need from the aforementioned beating and from his camping trip. Yes, for sure. But he wonders if he was really a small car, twisty road kind of a guy who was hiding out in the Jeep community. (laughs) (laughs) He was was a stowaway. (laughs) The answers were, of course, yes. And so this summer, he downsized out of the Jeep and into a Fiesta ST. We've never talked about the Fiesta ST on this show. never have. Never mentioned it. goes on to extol its version. In all the ways we've talked about it, yes. He's taken it to the tail of the dragon. He's modified it a bit. He's planning on starting autocross. And he says this email got long. (laughs) They always do, man. But he appreciates our push. And Craig, I'm thrilled that you tried something Mm -hmm. and you still got enjoyment out of it. That Wrangler, you had great adventures in it. But you realized you were hiding out in the Jeep community. (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) So he's turned 40 and all of a sudden C4 Corvettes are looking cool. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, you know, that's good. Tom Z is in Maryland. He writes to us from episode triple six. He said he's very proud to have been on episode six, <laughs> six, six. So anyway, that's awesome. There were people that asked us if we were going to do anything special. It was like record an episode. I, I couldn't exactly. think of what to do on that one that would There's have been appropriate. To do. If here, I will say this: if six, six, six had been near Halloween, maybe that would have been I, a convergence. But otherwise, yeah. at that point, let's just move on. Yeah. Well, Tom had a car debate involving replacing his Honda Element, mm-hmm. the current dog and outdoor sportsmobile, with something newer. He doesn't remember our suggestions, but his biggest constraint was his gigantic dog. (laughs) And we cleverly suggested making a dog mock-up and fitting the dog mock-up in various cars. We did. We talked about just build yourself a model dog or just take the dog. We asked for pictures, but his process was slightly different. He did his drive homework, 
on what he will drive based on what will fit his dog. Yeah, probably. He only drove those options. His strategy was always to ask if his dog would fit, and then concentrating on driving those cars himself first. If he really liked it, then getting the approval of bringing the actual dog. <laughs> Final sign-off. <laughs> the dog has a say, which, as a dog owner, I get it. I do understand, yes. He considered many cars, like the Mazda CX-50, the RAV4 Hybrid, and the brand-new Honda CRV. He also considered the Buick Regal Tour X. That's popped up on a couple of podcasts. Yeah, it has. That, that car lingers with our audience, which I love, yeah. He says he's going to get it if the element suffers a case of sudden death. Okay. He has not driven those three, but he did get a chance to drive a few cars. The Maverick, the Cayenne E-Hybrid, and a Wrangler. Mm, yes. He also drove a Subaru Outback, which, he says, was fantastic in almost every way, except that CVT is the worst transmission he has ever driven in a car. Welcome to the CVT We Hate CVT Club. And, and Tom, I hate to say this, but actually, um, I, I'm guessing you probably haven't driven a CVT before. Because all things considered, Subarus is kind of one of the better ones. So yeah, if you that's... if you hated the CVT in the Outback, <laughs> exactly. my friend, there are worse out there, and I hate to say it. You've started at the top, but the that C- is CVT that mountain. is way up there on CVTs. Yeah, he says the Jeep was a Wrangler, and he he's pretty sure his dog would have actually had a hard time getting in. But he loves them, so he asked if he could put his dog in it, and that was a hard no. <laughs> the dealer doesn't want you putting your dog in their new on the lot vehicle. Wow, I'm actually not too surprised by this, but I'm sorry. <laughs> bought a brand new jeep and you find dog hair and you go wait a minute How did, this has got four miles on it yeah. why is it dog hair in the back or in the case of, of my son's <laughs> dog you could have put the walked the dog by the car lot and had dog hair in it that's that, true that dog's hair is inexplicable yes yeah well he says the porsche was extremely good the space inside wowed him it was very comfortable ev mode was pretty cool but the transmission was clunky for his taste especially in ev mode and in the end it's just so expensive he's eliminated okay even though to the porsche dealer's credit they told him if he brought a seat cover he's free to put the dog in dog approved (laughs) he shows up with his dog on a leash and a cover in his hand i love this This it's very funny well, then Tom was really impressed with the Ford Maverick. Mm-hmm. It's a good size. The bed is a good size for his needs. It's got a hitch to put a bike rack on, and he can put a rack in the back if he expands to other sports. Plan on doing that. Yes, that's what you have to do. I think they make you sign a paper. I, that they says, give you a list. They're, 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 check it's like off, multiple choice. Mm-hmm. Check off at three. least three new, new sports you will do, if yeah. you already do one. Otherwise, you need to check four. Yeah. <laughs> He says the interior was quirky and fun and offered all the features that he wants as a reasonable price. So he gets a text from the dealer he was working with. Maverick orders at the time he was writing were opening, and his company offered a supplier discount. Hmm. And they, he, then he asked him, could I put my dog in it? And the dealer said, yes, bring him in. <laughs> That's almost a sales tactic that, right That there. is at that point. You know, you know you've, you're reeling him in when you say, yes, bring the dog. Yep, for sure. Took it a couple of tries to get the dog in because the door is just big enough. That's a big dog That's if a the big door dog. is just big yeah. enough. Uh-huh. But now it's the truck that has the only dog sign-off, and he's looking to schedule time to order one. <laughs> he plans to get that Larry hybrid in the yellowish-orange color. He's very excited. And hopefully his element doesn't die or get its cat stolen again. Again. What, what do you mean again? Again. It's they happened more it than up once. And, so use a sawzall and cut that thing out? People have done that, but apparently Jeez. it's happened to him a few times, which is terrible, Tom. I'm sorry. Well, we did not suggest the Maverick at the time, but he remember us, remembers us talking very positively about it in our reviews and everything he'd read says he said it was great. And then he, he likes the weirder things, and that's what mm, put him over mm. the edge. The car, A truck the size of a car in bright yellow fits the mold of weird and fun more than a RAV4 or a CRV. 
Thanks for writing, Tom. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Dan's writing in as well. Dan wrote in uh, back in September, and he said, as with many things in life, (laughs) his life has taken a turn related to cars. And uh, we we had actually complained about his long-running Kia Rio, and he was like, look, I got this super cheap in grad school, and it got great MPG, and so it was perfect. Then he bought a Tacoma, which was his fun car. He had the Tacoma for the fun car and and the Kia Rio as the the efficient car. And he said he loves it, but he actually agrees with me that the ergonomics are actually terrible. And then the Kia, whose only job was to run and get good gas mileage. You had one That's job. That's one job. It died a quick and painless death, and the Tacoma became the daily driver. But then gas prices were just then going up, and suddenly he realized he was spending 800 to to $1,000 on fuel. Oof. So something had to change. He had, he had actually written us because he wanted to get a late 80s or early 90s, essentially a Radwood car, to have a fun project to work on. But now he had to get a different daily because the Tacoma wasn't – the Kia's, Kia's gone. The Rio died. Finally, the Tacoma is not comfortable enough to sit in and burns too much gas. Mm. So the Radwood car is out. So he went and he first thought, you know what, Mini Cooper or a Fiat or something zippy and fun. I love British cars. What should I work on? And then he started looking at hatchbacks because he's a big guy, 6'2 plus and 250 pounds and long legs. So he realized none of the American manufacturers know how to sell a small car. Ding, ding, ding. Well, enter Dan's wife who wants him to drive a small SUV or crossover. Uh Uh-huh. The new ones were okay on MPG, but they're boring. Mm -hmm. They have all the same or similar CVT transmissions. They all look the same. Yes. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So like any dutiful husband, he set out to do his drive homework. He went to CarMax to drive as many dumb crossovers as he could. (laughs) I love this. All right, honey, I'm going today. Tucson, Kona, Kicks, Mazda CX-5, EcoSport, RAV4. And then he spotted a Mini Cooper-esque Countryman All 4 with six-speed manual. Very cool find, actually. All right. On a lark, he drove it. Okay. And he loved it. Later that night, they went to have ice cream, happened to meet another couple. They got to talking about cars. Apparently, that... Person's wife used to be the uh, finance manager, it looks yep, like, for Porsche. Looks like, yep. And the husband commented when talking about the Mini that Dan couldn't stop smiling and his mm. face would light up. Mm. And then he left me with this advice, Dan writes, life is too short to drive boring cars. Get the car you want. Wasn't that actually a Porsche slogan for a while? <laughs> was it? Well, <laughs> I don't think that I'm guy sure made that up. Anyway, go, keep going. <laughs> Maybe it's, so. It's true, though. The, th- the key thing here is that's absolutely true. This is why we do this whole podcast. Well, Dan started looking for Mini Coopers. He wanted an S and a manual transmission. And after a little shopping, he found one, a 2013 Cooper S with 35,000 miles on it. Okay, all right. He loves driving that car. It puts a smile on his face every time he gets behind the wheel. This is the point. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes Life's absolutely. too short to drink mm-hmm. bad wine and bad cars. <laughs> wine is now in the same category. <laughs> okay. Whiskey's up there, too. We're adding to that. I, I get it. Okay, that's fine. He's going to his first Cars and Coffee at the time of this writing of this email. He says it's not fast, but it's quick and responsive. And it just goes. He mm, loves that. I love that. That's really cool. He Good. keeps mentioning how much he loves driving it, the car. Oh, it, there's like three paragraphs. You guys can't see, but it's like three paragraphs in how awesome this Mini is and how much it has just refined his, re- revolutionized his life and driving. It's very cool. I love to see it. So now Dan is waiting for his wife's rogue to die, and then they'll need a new <laughs> car to paint. <laughs> and she said, she told Dan, since he got his Mini, she was going to get the car she wants next. Mm. So we are... Eagerly awaiting that next card to be Yeah, that's coming soon. Really appreciate your writing. Thank you so much. Ian M. writes to us Mm -hmm. about a Fiesta that died. Many people's cars have just died. When he was first looking for a car, he told dealers he had a Fiesta SE, and dealers (laughs) said, we do not want that car. (laughs) All right, so that uh, makes the search just slightly more complicated. He bought it new, 
And then it died on him in 2020 because the power shift transmission died at 149,000 miles. The space was great. It worked with him for several cross-country moves while he was in the military. Ian writes, it was reliable and robust until it wasn't. Sure, <laughs> fine, everything fine, is. Fine, 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 You got dead. the best new car quality because mm. it's new. Mm-hmm. Best new quality. Well, of course. They just built it. It's new. <laughs> if it didn't have quality now, we don't really have a problem. Don't understand that award. Yes, the J.D. Power Instant Quality just Award. Just don't yes. get it. Best yeah, new quality. They're yeah. all good quality. They yeah. just built them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so Ian said it depreciated into nothing. But what Ian does... On the side uh-huh. is super interesting. Super unexpected. <laughs> the, the, these are words I didn't think went together. Ian moonlights as a medieval martial artist. Now, I thought the medieval times was what, one thing. What? I thought martial arts was another thing. He is a medieval martial artist, meaning he is good at spears, knights' long swords, knights' armor, camping equipment, because, of course, you have to go camp at the event. Of course. All of which fit in the fiesta. He's actually an instructor in medieval martial arts. That's pretty amazing. Do you know that when they started Lord of the Rings, they were looking for people just like you, and they shipped you all to New Zealand because you had somebody had to instruct everybody how to run around with a sword. You might That's be able, true. You That's know, a good point. Amazon's still doing Rings of Power. Maybe you can get down there and be one of their swordsmen. Because, uh, but I, I have literally never seen the word <laughs> Quick, medieval. Call Amazon. Put with the word martial artist before, but yet I, I get what you're saying. I just hadn't seen those words together before. Well, based on the success of those films, yes. uh-huh. are there any other studios doing what you talked about? You know, they'll buy a script like the Mars thing with Val Kilmer. After a while, there were two Mars movies and competing. The, but you, nobody's, you know what I mean? nobody's trying to compete with Lord of the Rings. Nobody's trying but, to do but that. But swords yeah. in medieval martial art kinds of films because they do well, apparently. So uh, do you enough. know of any studios? Swords and sandals pictures are not that common, but they happen every swords now and then. And that's how they're referred to, swords and sandals. I've never that's, heard that. That's the, that's the terminology. There you go. Well, Ian says he got a 2020 Subaru Forester in 2020 at the start of covid Right as that model year was about to change, he got 0% APR with zero down. He says financing a whole car is still expensive, but it was crucial at the time because his minister of finance thought moving to an SUV was a good idea after the Fiesta SE died, Mm -hmm. even though all the gear fit in that equipment. Yeah. They both thought it would be the right thing, moving to Mm -hmm. a small SUV. Yeah. And they had just had house damage and a wedding. But he realized that he missed the cornering of the Fiesta. And he had the SE, just Fiesta. What does it sound like when you corner hard in the Fiesta with all your swords and <laughs> what's spears? That, what's that clattering sound I mean, like? Do yeah. you get injured when the <laughs> broadsword flies across the cabin? Strap that stuff down do is all I'm saying. Do you for these? I, it's, yeah. How does uh-huh. that all work? Yeah, that, don't worry. Don't worry about that. That noise is just the chain mail in the trunk. <laughs> I it's got fine. nicked in the jugular because I was cornering too hard. I'm really <laughs> sleepy. Well, Ian says, we <laughs> couldn't do it. <laughs> I thought I was going to get through that. <laughs> couldn't do it. The, the visual struck me and that I was gone. All right. So sleepy. Ian was frustrated with the length of the Subaru. He was also frustrated with the acceleration, CVT, mm. and the transmission, CVT. Mm. And he was deeply bored, which is dangerous on long commutes. Mm-hmm. If you look over and there's somebody commuting in a Subaru, and they're sharpening one of their long knives. <laughs> they're bored. So they're just wow. they're, they're, they're sorting their long swords while they commute. <laughs> it's a yeah. different level than checking Facebook on your iPhone. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. And also, <laughs> don't berate that guy. Leave him alone. Do not yeah. cut him off. Well, Ian, <laughs> Ian had heard you talk about the 1M, Todd. Mm-hmm. He looked it up and he loved it, but not the price. Yeah. Well, none of us do. So he looked into the 135i. And Great he found a solid alt. one. Fantastic alt. 
he test drove it and discovered it had a big trunk and fold down seats mm. and he had swords and some armor left over in his car from the night before. So he tested it out by putting all that stuff in the back and it worked way better than he thought it would. So I have a question for dealers everywhere. I'm sure there's somebody working at a car dealer listening to this podcast. Here's my question. We've had two car conclusions where people have brought stuff to the dealer. Would you rather they showed up with their dog or their swords? This is my question. Which of those buyers do you take more seriously? Man with horse-sized dog or man with medieval death equipment? Which one of those is the one you're like, I got this guy. I'm going to talk to him. Who's got ups? Uh-huh. Not me. Uh-huh. Have you seen who's walking up the drive? Well, Ian says he found this solid one. He liked it. It worked. And there wasn't another 135i for less than 20 grand near him. So he mm. looked into M235i's, like thinking it. they were the updated 135i because they were only two inches longer. Yes. He found a couple options, mostly in the low to mid 20s for a basic color and black faux leather interior and over 100,000 miles. Mm. But then he saw one in white. He says this was disappointing, but he's considering wrapping it in blue and he's open to other suggestions. We don't know if you've wrapped it by this point. Don't know, yeah. But he bought it. It was a fully optioned M235i with 52,000 miles for 27 grand. Like it. Good. He considered it a like new car, not a bad price compared to his other options, and he went with it. He also says while his MOF is not our biggest fan, <laughs> she thinks that he's been pretty silly and she's at least happy for him. She, she's glad that we're done. That's really what I'm hearing from this. Stop listening to those guys and are you settled now? Does that wow. car work? I just still want to know, is it cases? Do you strap them mm-hmm. down? Is the upholstery trashed after you corner Do all hard? the swords have a pool noodle you stick them into? You That's know what a mean? good yeah, idea. They, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, Ian says through listening to the show and absorbing a lot more car knowledge, he figured out what he likes. Smaller cars with good dynamics. Like it. And what he wants to try. More power, rear wheel drive, and paddle shifters because he doesn't want to do traffic with manual transmission. Okay. And also what he needs. And that is to become a car enthusiast and realize what he's missing from his Fiesta. And even though he's locked in traffic for a long time, he just wants to let the learning process pull him into the world of cars. It's great to have you with us. That's a super cool story. Ian, we're having fun with it, but it is such a fun story. Thank you. Daniel's writing in from Melbourne, Australia, which is really cool. He says he's a recent listener to the podcast. He's going back through the back catalog with frightening speed. I love it when that happens, but that's crazy. Daniel is 34 years old. He's a father of one looking for a four-door hot hatch. Okay. His car debate included the fact that he was looking for an O or previously owned an 06 Subaru WRX that he sold prior to their new little one coming along. It had done over 350,000 kilometers. It's a good distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's driven once or twice. Mm-hmm. It started to give him problems towards the end of their journey together. <laughs> okay. But having an unreliable car was very stressful and unfortunately tarnished the experience of owning such a great car. Yes. So then Daniel purchased a very dull Toyota Camry that brought him no joy, but for, performed flawlessly. Sure it did. This is part of the advertisement. Oh, yeah. Part of the campaign. Oh, yeah, for sure. This will bring you no joy. But man, will it run. <laughs> But this is what happens anytime we drive a Lexus product and we don't have fun. Yeah. And we acknowledge that it's great and it runs and it does all the things, but it's not any fun. And we get bombarded with comments, which are essentially all the people telling us how greatly reliable they are. And I keep coming back to that shouldn't be choice one. But I do understand there's a segment of the market, my mother-in-law is among them, who reliability and dealer experience are the one-two punch of which car I'd, I'd and buy. And it supersedes fun. So at that point, Lexus rules 
But it is hysterical mm-hmm. to me. Anytime we critique Alexis, the response is, but it runs. But that's like, that is kind of the low bar. And you and I have had fun in cars that haven't run well, by the way. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Daniel says he was constantly looking for other cars during this ownership time. Mm-hmm. Did the Camry know that? Did it know you were <laughs> It kept looking running around. flawlessly. It did the only thing it can do, which is run well. Yeah. Well, when Daniel found out he and his wife were expecting their new child, they, he knew he would have to have something practical, but also fun. So he stumbled upon a great deal on a Skoda Octavia RS245 wagon. Hmm. This is essentially a Mark 7 Golf GTI in wagon form. The, the car we didn't get. Yeah, exactly. He was fairly happy. <laughs> I, fairly. I did, I did find that funny. Fairly. Description of the car in detail followed by, and I was fairly happy. Mm-hmm. I was mostly happy. Mm-hmm. It was a good compromise between family car and fun car. In the time with it, he's found it to be more family than fun. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Yeah. It's due to the lack of engagement with the 7-speed DSG and how quiet the car is. Mm. You want noisy and raucous and <laughs> mechanically indifferent. And a manual that barely works. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Man, is it fun, though? But he says he started looking at mods to increase the enjoyment of the car. Mm. Could that be it, Daniel? Have you hit on it? People mod to, to find fun. That's Absolutely. a new category. You're not modding for track use or a particular driving event. You're just modding to find the fun. But this is, now Now we're back to other things. This is every review we ever do on a GTI or a Golf R. Yeah. We do it on, the, and he's talking about a Volkswagen product here. We, we say on one of those cars how great they are and all the things they do, but they're not as fun as the competition in almost any comparison we've ever done. It's an incredible car that's not as fun as the competition. And now, that's not a reliability thing. It's a different group than the Lexus folks. They show up <laughs> right. and say, well, here's the tune you have to put on it to make it fun. Well, Daniel says, good news, everyone. His wife now loves the Skoda and Mm. wants to keep it, which leaves Daniel looking for a new car. Perfect. There it is. So here's his conclusion. He did his car homework and drove a Focus RS on some interesting roads. That's different. Yes. Good for you. Wow. It felt great, he says. He was really impressed by how it felt through the corners. Mm -hmm. Clearly a car, he says, that exceeded his modest driving skills. But unfortunately, he was left unimpressed with the interior and how similar it was to the base Ford Focus rental cars. It's not similar. It's the same. (laughs) It's not close. I'm sorry. It's just the same. Exact. Yeah. The the seats are better. That's really where it stopped. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. But aside from those seats, he says nothing about the inside excited him. The WRX was okay. Certainly more capable than his WRX, but prior one, yeah. didn't really love it. Then he came across a manual M135i in Estoril Blue. Mm, okay. For him, this was a unicorn. Four doors, manual, and rear-wheel drive. So this is the hatch we didn't get. Yeah. The M135i, yeah. the little shoe hatch the we didn't get. one I always get. notice in Europe. I know, absolutely. Yeah, and you never see them in blue. <sighs> Amazingly, apparently it can fit a rear-facing baby seat. And despite having traveled further than he would have liked, 60,000 kilometers, and having the N55 engine instead of the new B58 engine, sure, it was presented in immaculate condition, he loves rear-wheel drive and looks for ways to increase his length of commute. <laughs> he never thought he'd say that. That's how you did it. You know, you did it right. That's wonderful. I love it, Daniel. So far, good news, everyone. Everything has been going well. He got the local BMW specialist workshop to carry out preventative maintenance. This included a charge pipe, which is known to fail. But now he's convinced himself he won't do any mods until he finds himself <laughs> dreaming of ways to improve the car. And if funds allowed, he would have a mechanical LSD installed immediately. But is this silly, he asks. Should he just wait and enjoy the car for what it is? Enjoy the car for what it is. The thing you should never do is look up 
the standard mods for your car the minute you get your car. Because I guarantee somebody right. has a standardized list right now. Of course. And somebody has titled it Stage 1, Stage 2, even <laughs> though they, they, they completely made up that group. That, that's all happened. But, you know, just drive the car for a bit and find out what you like and don't like about it and then go, you know what I need? Because my question for you is, do you need a mechanical limited slip differential? Do you? I mean, are you going to do drifts? Are you noticing? Are you driving it and going, you know what this needs? Because I kind of doubt it. You said that you were driving the Focus RS and realizing that the car was more capable than you. I kind of think you've you've read that you need a mechanical limited slip differential and you don't need one. I would suggest driving a car equipped with that mechanical oh, yeah, LSD if you can that's find. Yeah, yeah. Because now, surely, you're connected to the group. You've, you mm-hmm. probably have met other owners or know people that can find you. Hey, yeah, that's you good. know what? I'd that's love good. to... Oh, you've got those mods? You know what? Before I do anything to my yeah, car... Yeah, that's good. Could I drive your car? Just you know, I just want to get a sense of what I might be spending my money on or mm-hmm. throwing my money away on. <laughs> True, yes. I think that's the first step. You need to drive something that already has that equipped... And then you can say, you know what? I'm not noticing a whole lot of difference. This is not going to affect my daily. So why would I spend the money on? Or, you know what? This is revelatory. Mm. This is what I'm missing. That way it prevents you, again, from spending the money first. If you have your own car conclusion, write to us, TV at gmail.com. Your car's dashboard is on the front line in the battle against the sun, and it can really deteriorate over time due to UV damage. A custom Covercraft dash mat protects your dash and keeps it looking new, as well as complementing your interior. These dash mats are available in a wide variety of fabric styles and colors. You can even customize with embroidery or logo. You could put an Everyday Driver logo on it if you wanted. You can make it completely unique to you and your car. Can we get an 86 with the Everyday Driver logo in the corner, maybe intertwine them? you got to work on that, Paul. When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, just remember, use the code EVERYDAY22 to get a 10% discount and it ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page at everydaydriver.com or navigate directly to covercraft.com for high-quality covers, sunscreens, and dash mats to keep your car protected and looking its best. The next debate is a bit of a conclusion as well. Mm-hmm. Cliff R. writes to us from Central Texas, first asking us, what is the best automatic driver's car? Uh, Cliff, you're in Central Texas. Are we seeing you at the, the Austin meetup? It's a I'm great point. It up. You're yes, in Central Texas. Uh, you know, you're in Centex. Is that really? south, of, south of the Metroplex? Are you serious? I am. I am quoting things that can be found on businesses throughout the area. So yes. By the way, I still have not been to Bucky's. Uh, we're going to solve that on our South trip. I might get lost in we the are, cowboy hat. We are going to go to Bucky's just to say we did. I hear there's food. There's meat being carved. People road trip to Bucky's. There's the entire was it pork rind? Be careful. Pile. There's like five rows of those. Apparently, be careful. I'm just saying we are going to road trip. Anyway, but we're going to make sure we stop at a Bucky's because why wouldn't you? There are people legitimately that road trip to Bucky's because there's not one near them. Oh, yeah, it happens. Okay. Well, that's on the list then. Well, Cliff says that he's enjoyed listening to the podcast. Cliff, really appreciate listening and watching. He and his wife are in their mid-30s. They're professionals in Centex who have frugal cars. (laughs) Did I do it right? Well done. You just sold it. Well done. I like that. That's good. Well, he's had the car disease since he was in his teens, and he learned to drive in a V10 Ford Excursion. That's Mm. the small one. His high school car was a gold four-cylinder Accord, which was super boring, but probably the right car at the time. His graduation present was half a $5,000 Kia Spectra. (laughs) Good job. Attaboy. You're you're sharing this with someone else. Here we go. Half of it. Here you go. He says it was awful, but it taught him how to drive a manual. He sold that and gives us a, a list of, well, you're right, 
unremarkable cars, even though we have recommended Mazda 3s as a great way to get into something mildly fun without spending too much money. Well, but what's funny is he ended He's up getting... a lot. He had boring cars and wound up in a Mazda 3 hatchback that he had for 10 years, and it was such a popular car that everybody else in his family went out and bought the same generation Mazda 3. A hatch, a sedan, <laughs> another hatch. They all were like, that's a really good car. The power of suggestion. Uh-huh. It's like when you order drinks at a restaurant, you say something. Usually for me, it's an Arnold Palmer. Mm. I love Arnie Palmer's. <laughs> I know you and do. then somebody goes, you know what? That does sound pretty refreshing. It's never me, but somebody it's else at the table you, does. Yes. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. Ah, the power of suggestion. Yep. So that's what happened. He also spent a decent amount of time driving his wife's 1.8 liter Nissan Sentra. <laughs> <laughs> Which he did not like. Yes. When his Mazda 3's transmission died, he traded it for a 2017 Honda Civic Sport with the CVT, which was not that bad. I think you're convincing only yourself. <laughs> well, he's just say, he's always saying not that bad. I mean, here's the thing. Compared he to came what? In, he came, well, he came out of a 1.8 liter Nissan Sentra. Uh, okay, fine. It's all relative. It is officially relative. Then they entered the CUV life mm. when their other Mazda 3 transmission died. See how many they had? They had a lot. There's multiple. Yeah, it's happened a lot. And they traded up for a Honda CRV. But then enter the pandemic. They both work from home, and he really wanted a fun car to track and learn to wrench on. Okay. They decided it was a good time to buy a project track car and began looking. His drive homework started with a 370Z. Okay, good. Then moved to a GT86. He's always been a JDM guy, so he's pretty set on something similar. But then, <laughs> but then he saw an E92 335i locally, mm. took it for a drive, and quickly fell in love with BMW inline sixes. They are great, yeah. He fell down into the deep well of BMW history and found that the E90 anything was the last true driver's three series. According to the internet. Exactly. Be be careful. Be careful on any one make forum. That is a scary. I don't care where it is. That's a scary place. Uh, Yeah. Sure, sure. You're right. But he decided to see if he could feel the difference between the E92 hydraulic steering and the later electric power steering, which brings us conveniently to a 440i. Okay. And while he could feel the difference between systems... It wasn't a deal breaker for him. But while dropping off that 440i, he had zero intention of buying it. And so back at the dealership, his wife said, if we're looking at cars in this price range, why don't we actually go look at an M3? (laughs) Which is, by the way, there's code in there. And the code is, you're spending this much now? Why don't you get the good one? That's the code, by the way. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Over the next week, he and his wife, Cliff and his wife, tested an F82 M3 with a manual transmission, and it was awesome. Now, there's one other issue going on here in that his wife's family only buys new cars. Mm. So a used M3 was out of the question, and the new G8 anything is just so ugly. (laughs) So M3 is off the table. Then they tested an M2 competition, which was also great, but that didn't fit the new requirement of being able to travel with his in-laws due to the back seats. Can you imagine putting your in-laws back there? They... The the looks, they would uh-huh. shoot you in the rearview mirror. There would be lots of unhappiness, yeah. Mm. You probably wouldn't make it all the way to Bucky's, just so you know. Yeah, probably yeah. not. So they had ordered a brand new 2022 M340i. It strikes the great balance of being gorgeous, he says. Fun to drive, practical, comfortable for trips with the in-laws in the back seat. And they got it before the COVID price hikes hit everything. Mm. His wife has always wanted a BMW, so this was a life goal complete for her. Very cool. All right. And Cliff ended up with a fun, fast car that he always turns and looks at when he goes into the store. All right. Or Bucky's. Success. When he goes into Bucky's. Exactly right. Yep. But now for the debate, because they've got this brand new M340i, Mm -hmm. it meets all of his original requirements. 
but it doesn't meet the specific trackable project car desire. It doesn't work there at all. You're right. Yeah. Unfortunately, his BMW salesperson hooked up, hooked them up with a free autocross experience, which <laughs> Cliff and his wife had not done. Mm. And now they're completely hooked because they get to use BMW's 440i's instead of their own car. His wife is hooked on autocross and track driving, and then doesn't want to use their own M340 because of. The consumables. They went to the event, yeah. borrowed someone else's car. Yeah. His wife's in love with the experience, but said, not with our car. We're not. Of course. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm, it makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be dumping money into rotors, brakes, Absolutely and you will. Uh-huh. So then we're back to the need for a trackable project car. But the main point in here is that his wife can't drive a manual. Mm. And Cliff is significantly out of practice. So instead of trying to teach her and relearn himself, he's leaning towards an automatic transmission track car Mm -hmm. which leads to the question for us what is the best driver's car with an automatic transmission ultimately cliff everything aside it's the one that you'll drive agreed it's the one that you're attracted to and will ultimately drive it doesn't matter the price Mm -hmm. if you like it and you will commit yours you don't have to force yourself to like okay we've got this car we're gonna go drive it you just want to drive it, mm-hmm. that's the best one for you. Agreed. And, and the thing is, all of the, dr- the really good driver's cars come in auto, pretty much. Yeah. So you just pick the one you'd like, and you go, we're going to get ourselves the auto, because to what you just said, Paul, we're actually going to drive it. We're not going to be scared of it because it's a manual. Good. So what cars exist where the automatic doesn't detract from the driving experience, or the, where the manual doesn't add so much that you wouldn't miss it? He's thinking PDK-equipped Porsches or DCT BMWs. Both are very good, yes. You're right. Since this would be a third car, it would mainly be a back-road bomber and track car, so practicality is out. Okay. He'd like to spend, get this, less than $45,000, but would consider the right car for up to sixty grand. And then he begs you to not go over sixty. He's like, please, please. You don't even need to spend half that I much. I agree. I, because this is the track car. I mean, Cliff, yes. the, the big thing I want to say here, and we've already kind of touched on a couple of the points I wanted to make, but yes, the Porsche PDK and the BMW dual clutch are both excellent. But you're going to find them in cars that are A, expensive, and B, consume stuff like crazy. Yes. And I'm concerned if you guys, as a couple, are going to go to autocrosses I don't want you to have a conversation every time you're done for the day about how much money you have to spend to come again. That's a great point. So I I want you to think about just get a car you're actually comfortable autocrossing and spending the money on. And when I say money, I don't mean to buy. I mean to keep it in autocross or tracking. Spending the money on all those consumables. This feels like a car we want to beat on like this. Let's get it in an auto. Scrolling back up to the beginning of your email. Mm Mm-hmm. When you started looking around to buy a project track car and you, your drive homework started with a 370Z and a GT86, ding, ding, ding. Why are none of those in contention? Yes. Especially the GT86. That'd be the first gen mm-hmm. starting in 2013, like the one Todd owned for a while. Yeah. Why not one of those? And I'll bet you, because of all of those cars, the automatics aren't in high demand. True. You could probably find one for a decent price, probably under 30 grand. I mean, oh, for sure. Definitely under 30 grand, but. Spend even less than that. Just get something that you, because you're going to be buying brakes and tires. Mm -hmm. And by the way, put power stop rotors and race pads on that thing. The track pads that we have are really good. You'll be floored how good it is. We've got a piece coming out with all all the tires. All of the above, uh, yes. Are equal and yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But nevertheless, you don't have to go get a new GR86, Mm -hmm. even though you could. 
Yeah. Spend 34 mm-hmm. if, you know, you have to wait for a while. But go find yourself a GT86. This is the car to beat on. Mm-hmm. If it gets ding, you don't care because it is the third car. Get used to the automatic. If you want to eventually learn manual and upgrade, you could look at all kinds of options. We've done the cheap sports car mm-hmm. challenge yeah. series. You could go even cheaper. But that's the car that's going to run. Plus, you said you're JDM. You love JDM cars. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes. I mean, the the, the th- you've already hit it. The 370Z... And the first-gen GT86 are both available in automatics. And do would I prefer both those cars in a manual? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. But are both either the automatics terrible? No. Now, they're not dual clutches. They're normal no, automatics with no. paddles behind. And so if you're really stressing about how fast is this snap-off shifts, that's not what we're buying. Right. Because you're going to buy a car that you can just drive. Yeah. And so I think the 370Z is great. The GT86 is wonderful. I'm also going to throw out two other options. Do you guys fit in a Miata? You're autocrossing. I mean, that's the go-to standard. Go get an automatic Absolutely. Miata. We yeah. had a, an automatic Miata in one of our mini Miata shoots, and it was fine. There was nothing wrong with I would Yes, I would prefer the manual. Is there anything wrong with, with the auto? No. I mean, when you fine. hold a gear and you're carving off corners and you don't really notice that you're, you're not in a manual. It's only when you're shifting and you're coming hard to in a corner. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. So I just... But you're willing to compromise here and finding an automatic equipped anything. Uh-huh. Is for, for especially for track use, that's the sweet spot again because you have a long build, lots of bills coming at you yes. for all the tires and brakes you're going to chew through. Let that come, spend fractions. I agree. Sp- figure out what you would actually drive in autocross and get that. Now, I'll give you, I'll give you a flip side. There is a the, the MR2 Spider that I like bringing up. The auto yeah. on that was terrible, it's pretty terrible. It's it's like it's trying. It's one of those automated manual. Th- it's just bad. Okay, so they are out yeah. there and they are bad. Or the um, the early two thousands generation M threes with that single uh, manual single clutch manual gearbox. Oh, bad. The SMG. So, th- yeah. so there are bad autos, but the ones we're talking about. I'm going to say the Miata, the three seventy Z, the GT eighty six, and I'm also going to throw in as a wild card a Corvette in auto. Sure. None of those are fantastic sure. automatics, but they're traditional automatics, and they'll serve you fine. I want you to have a car that will kind of compete. When you want to go drive your new BMW, you think, ah, I'm going to go. Oh, yeah, I do have a pretty fun car over there. Wonder about, what if, mm. I, what if I left the BMW at home today? Yeah. What if it sat and I went and drove the jalopy and had a great time? What if you bought the Miata so now you have a convertible? You know you've and done it right. And then you have right. a perfect day. Yeah. And it's not just out for autocross. It's just out for the day. It's <laughs> pretty good. Lots of good questions. Thank you, guys, as always. We always ask for questions on Mondays and Thursdays for the podcasts coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays. Thank you, guys, for always responding to the social media, all the social media places where we ask for those questions. If you have a car debate, please send that to the email. That is TV at gmail. We appreciate that. Also, if you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast, we are, we're so thankful for the ratings and reviews that we have. But the fact that we have all of those and we keep getting new ones, that's what keeps us in the top 10 and sometimes the top five of automotive podcasts is because of you guys rating and reviewing. We really appreciate it. Let's jump to Instagram. Lord Vader asks if I'll be updating my cleaning collection with all the new stuff Griot's has coming out. Mm. Yes, I hope so very soon. By the way, they have come out with ceramic all-in-one wax and ceramic tire shine. Brand new, introduced Mm -hmm. at SEMA. They have a full line of ceramic products now. I can't wait to use all this pa- stuff. Paul got really, really distracted at the Griot's booth at SEMA. He was awesome. like, wait, you have this now too? They had a bunch of new stuff that came out. The ceramic all-in-one wax is actually really cool. We just saw that demonstrated. And I am the guy. 
I, ceramic is not necessarily the thing that I'm all excited about. I just like the words all in one. That just excites me because that means I am washing my car for less time and it still looks awesome. Yeah, for sure. Ben Cohen is writing in on Facebook and he's saying that he just re-listened to a 2020 podcast where our Phaeton and Maserati were given away. Oh, yeah. And the Z4 and the SLK were introduced. He asked if we knew where those cars were and how they're doing. Not really. They've, they've gone on to owners just after the owners that got them. Follow the salt trail around I, the country. You're right. The Phaeton is out there somewhere still leaking salt. He said he's pretty sure your 928's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. That, that makes sense. Yeah. He's asking if my Z will be going at some point. Ben, yes. Uh, next year at some point... I will probably sell the Z. How I do it is still TBD. I'm thinking something like cars and bids, but I don't really haven't really decided on anything. We will not be doing another raffle. We won't do that again. Right. right. But uh, we will we'll figure out a way that the Z goes. I hope it goes to a new and very excited owner because I will be very very sad to see that car go. But it's just one of those. It, it, it's a season of my life to have that car. Sure. We're going to get the money back out of it. We'll see how that goes. Matt Guerra says unlimited budget. If we could have a vacation house with a car in its garage. What would they be? Location and car. Extra mm. points if we describe the style of the house. Well, villa, of course, either in Italy, <laughs> some Mediterranean villa, or a villa in Germany. I mean, let's get the obvious out of the way. Villa near the ring or near spa <laughs> with a 911 in it. Well, pr- actually, probably the GT4 RS Cayman. That's probably I was going to say, car. that feels like a better choice yeah, if you're going to do the that's ring. That's actually my car. And, and at that point, if it's what, what's your house like by the ring, it's just a house. It's just that, that house right there. That, that roof doesn't leak. Done. Sold. Exactly. I need a garage. It's more Porsche. like tool shed aesthetic, but it's got a GT4 Cayman <laughs> in it. GT4 RS <laughs> yes. currently headed for the ring. But if it were Italy, I admit to loving Ferrari's new 296. Mm. Probably the GTB, even though I'm not really a convertible guy, but it's Targa flavored. Mm-hmm. This thing, I think, is probably the prettiest of all the Ferraris, and it's mm. sort of entry level. Sort of. <laughs> so, yeah, I use that Those term. entry level Ferraris, are, are that's scary. But they are the car you have to buy if you ever want to come back and get another one. You have to get the entry level for them yes. to take you seriously, which is terrifying. Maybe I could have the mm-hmm. Puro Sang and the 296. No. You, can can't I have have, you can't have the Puro Sang. In my Mediterranean no, villa? Not, not so far. You have to buy multiple Ferraris before we will allow you to have the Puro <sighs> Sang. The, you can have this keychain and that car seat and this fuzzy thing with a Ferrari logo on it for no apparent Stressful. reason. But you cannot have a Puro Sang. Guy. Not yet. Luke Summers is doing a track daily crush. Italian V12 manuals. This is hard. Ferrari 599, manual. Mm. Lamborghini Murcielago, manual. Or the original Pagani Zonda. This is tough. I, hmm. The other problem here is that I have driven none of those cars. That <laughs> right. is the big yeah. issue with this track yeah. daily crush. I will admit I am shooting in the dark here. I, I've been in Ferrari 599s before, and I think the concept of having one of those in a manual is fascinating. It would be a fantastic daily car because I don't think you want to drive the Zonda daily. I think it's a little too nuts for daily use. I also think I really want to drive a Zonda as many times as I possibly can, so that becomes the track car because I just want someplace I can ring that out, but also know that it's just not going to get dinged by a random person over there while I figure out how to work the thing. So the Zonda becomes the track car, the 599 is the daily car, and that means by process of elimination, no, for no other reason, the Murcielago gets crushed. Ted Theologan is blessed with downtime at work, and he loves planning road trips. He's working on a, tr- on a trip from Minnesota to Watkins Glen for the EMSA weekend next June, but he's thinking about taking a ferry across Lake Michigan. The problem is he's been seeing serious reviews of SUVs coming off the ferry damaged, let alone a sports car. Yeah. 
Do we have any experience with car ferries? I do in Seattle. My family okay. lives up in Seattle area, and I've taken the car ferries from various islands, Bainbridge Island, mm-hmm. over to downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. Every time you're on a ferry, I haven't experienced a whole lot. I mean, I know you can have some pretty serious waves on Lake Michigan. Mm. It's still a lake, but, you know, there's weather and that kind of thing. I have not seen the damage you're talking about. But generally speaking, ferry operators treat cars like cattle. Yes. You just want to get it on Mm -hmm. and get it off. They're they're not too concerned about your precious sports car or ground clearance or anything like that. Even though it's a cool idea, I would say keep your eye on stories about those. Try to find others who have had that Mm. Michigan ferry experience. I have not. But again, the Seattle ferries are fine, but I've always been in a truck or an SUV or something like that where the clearances... You know, it's different. The loading dock is different every time because the ferry comes in slightly different every time. Sure, yeah. And they're just there to get the cars on and off as quickly as possible. They don't care about your paint. We have not had any ferry experiences on our road trips, and that's somewhat on purpose, to be honest. I think the first time we have a ferry on our route, I'm going to be like, hmm, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, especially ground clearance. Mm-hmm. They just bring the cars on. Just drive on as quick as you can. Well, especially in uh, the Seattle area, it depends on the tide and where sure, the loading yeah. dock comes down. It's different every time. So. Wow. We'll see. Seth Kleinman is saying many enthusiasts, and us included, say they love to drive a slow car fast. What requirements must a car meet to be considered a quote unquote slow car for this definition? Ooh. Seth, now there's there's a wide swath here in what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it's a car where you regularly and almost every shift have to ring out the engine. Mm-hmm. Stuff where yeah. you're not finding red line does not apply. When you're passing people in the middle of the tack, like they're sitting still, that is not a slow car. The cars where you're just having to, like, and a Miata is the best example here. Miatas are very fun. They have enough power, but you never get in a Miata and go, whoa, that is powerful. But if you work with it and you wind that engine out, you're going plenty fast, and then you hang on to the speed. And I would also say that's the other key thing. Slow car fast is very often a car that reaches a speed you don't have to brake much. Mm-hmm. If you drive some supercar with 700 horsepower, you get to the end of the long straight, and you need lots of brakes mm-hmm. because you're going unbelievably fast. The slow car couldn't get that fast. You can brush the brakes. It's not a big deal. You can get through the corner. I will add to that and say any car that you have to drive with an anticipatory style. Oh, sure. I want to get around that guy, so I know I'm small and light, and I can carry more speed to the corner, so I'm going to back off Mm. and then do a run-up, and as soon as we merge, then I can slingshot around. Or Mm. I know the braking Mm. distance is a lot sooner, so I need to leave more braking braking distance. Modern 911s, modern AMG cars, the very powerful cars – you don't have to drive in an anticipatory way. <laughs> you just decide. If something, something happens, good or bad, like, well, I just got to bury the brakes and the car will stop because it's got so much braking power. Mm-hmm. Or I need to get around that guy and I, man, I'm going uphill and I've got traffic. But wait a minute. I've got 700 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So a car like that where you have to constantly think about and That's judge good. your That's distances. That's really good, yeah. Thomas G22 on Instagram says, is there ever such thing as too much tire for a car? In general, Thomas, yes. You can over-tire your car to the fact that it becomes numb, the steering becomes too big, it's got so much grip it ceases to be fun. All of these things are possible. But he's specifically asking about winter tires. For his Corolla or Yaris, can you over-tire it? Yes. Thomas, unless – if you're buying winter tires – you're suggesting to me that you are actually going to drive that in all conditions, and many of the conditions are going to be nasty, mm-hmm. which means you don't need to drive aggressively. You need to get there safely. True. If this is the kind of tires you're talking about, 
I feel like, and, and I say this as a guy that I love to drive the rear wheel drive stuff in this. Now we've got the the Hakapalitas back on the GR86. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's but fun. those are not performance tires. They're fantastic winter tires. Yeah, but instantly. I can tell that the ride is different. I can tell that the handling is different. Mm-hmm. I can tell that it's not as sharp as it was. Yeah. But that's okay. It's currently snowing. <laughs> right, right. So get a really good winter tire. Don't worry about, oh, I got to get the super high performance, massively expensive. I had, <clears throat> we joked about this at SEMA, I had my Sabaru. Now, let me stop real quick. That is a Saab 92X, which is a WRX and a Saab suit. It is not me mispronouncing the word Subaru. It is a Saabaru. Okay, I had a Sabaru, and when I bought it, I bought it here locally in Utah, and the guy that I bought it from had just put winter tires on it, and they were triangle tires. That wasn't the shape, that was the brand. <laughs> I had never heard of them. I looked them up. It is a Chinese tire brand, because of course it is, named Triangle, and they were the, pretty much the cheapest winter tires you could have put on the car because he was getting ready to sell it. It's like the bad oh, carpet you put yeah. in your house to sell the house, right? Yeah. He had put bad winter tires on it. And I did my whole first season in those tires, and they were fine. They weren't performance, <laughs> but they were fine for major snow. Andrew Owen asks if it's worth owning a base or lesser model versus the performance-oriented model. Gives examples like the 330i or Julia 2.0 or the G70 2.0 or a Mustang EcoBoost, things like that. Is it better to possibly spend more on a higher mileage example or can these base spec cars offer decent performance for the savings? Are these base and lower trim models arguably better or as good as their higher trim brethren? Well, they're not as good. Otherwise, those Mm. higher trim levels wouldn't exist. Sure, yeah. However, I'll give you an example. Cayman, a base Cayman, happy. Cayman T's are based on a base Cayman. They want to just They're, kind of yeah. lighten up. Same thing with a 911. That new 911 T is just kind of a base 911 lightened up slightly. So yes, those base models exist to keep the price down, but to still be able to experience the goodness of the platform of that car in general. The Alpha 2.0, still a lot of fun. Mm. Doesn't have the hair on fire engine that the Quadrifoglio True, does. True, absolutely, but still great. It's still fun to drive. Mm-hmm. So it very much depends on the car, but a good platform that they know they're going to bring out the high-performance models, it's usually the European cars. Yeah, those cars have amazing power. The suspension is different. A lot of features and, and amenities, but sometimes you can find still a lot of driving enthusiasm and pleasure in those lower base models. We sure appreciate all your questions, social media, and all your car debates, topic Tuesdays, and car conclusions like today's podcast. Write to us, drop us a line. You're thinking about something. We love hearing from you guys, and we're looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone. <laughs>